Welcome, everybody, to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup. For the week of December 8th, 2023, here is what's making headlines. Bungie layoffs attributed to potential Sony takeover. GTA 6 trailer drops. Internet obviously goes wild. Twitch leaving Korean market due to rising costs. And the Game Awards 2023 winners and announcements. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always, for the NPC's Weekly News Roundup, I'm joined by Kyle Inman. Kyle, it's been a busy week in the world of video gaming. We haven't actually had one of these busy weeks in a while, have we? Oh, no, not not like this, and especially with the Game Awards. Holy cow, I mean, what an epic year, and, you know, epic reward show, and not only that, no, no mishaps this year, thank God, no... No, no runners on stage. Uh, but beyond that, um, yeah, just crazy announcements and, and some crazy news all coming down the pipeline throughout the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will cover video game awards stuff here or the game awards stuff at the end of the main story section. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and just hop into our stories for the week. And we're going to be talking here about Bungie and being under threat from Sony right now. So, of course, Bungie, makers of Halo, makers of Destiny, makers of Marathon, all them, of course, uh, were picked up by Sony this last year. Um, it looks like in the face of all these different layoffs that they had, a reason actually finally kind of came up here. It wasn't necessarily just a loss of money, it sounds like there were a lot of people in the C-suite who are actually trying to save their jobs. So this article from Video Games Chronicle talks about this uh, quite a bit here. Uh, so apparently when uh, PlayStation did pick up Destiny, uh, they said that Bungie would, and this is their quote, uh, continue to operate independently, maintaining the ability to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. Um, apparently, uh it looks like what's happened is that their revenue has actually been coming in way lower than pre, uh, they had been projecting, Kyle. They are showing here that apparently in October, when some of these layoffs were starting, uh, they were around 45% below their revenue projections for the year. And their uh, existing, let's see, where is the name of the person here? Uh, Pete Parsons. Uh, according to him, uh, he said it was attributed to poor player retention for Destiny 2. And so Parsons is the chair of Bungie. Um, apparently, because of them unable to meet their target, it looks like they ended up pulling the switch and ended up uh, laying off 100 of the 1,200 employees that worked for Bungie. So... It seems like the layoffs were definitely a part of these cost-cutting measures, but they've also gone and done quite a bit more cost-cutting here, too, that um, I guess a lot of us really weren't aware of. They make mention here in the article, reduced uh, travel budgets, hiring freeze, no holiday bonuses, the pausing of cost-of-living pay adjustments, and other benefit cuts. And it even makes clear here that they have reportedly contributed to a significant decline in employee morale. And so apparently the biggest concern is that if this next expansion for Destiny 2, uh, which is called The Final Shape, if it doesn't do well, then it means that there's probably going to be more getting shut down. 
um, or more specifically, a lot more people being let go at Bungie. So if Bungie doesn't hit their financial targets, Kyle, what will end up happening here is that because Sony owns the company, and even though the company's acting independent, Sony still has the majority members on the board, uh, Sony can choose to dissolve the existing board and take full control of the company. Mm-hmm. That must be something that was written into their terms and and that in the contracts that were signed when Bungie was acquired by uh, PlayStation. But man, to see some of these things from behind the scenes, though, it 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 hurts. Like my company had a layoff uh, several weeks ago, and so we're still reeling from the effects of that. But you know, sometimes you don't really get a lot of these things up there. You just know that people were let go. But now it's like, oh. Was this just because they're trying the C suite is trying to save their jobs, or is it something different? Yeah, I, th- th- this is this is insane. Well, and the fact that you know layoffs right before Christmas, um, and the I don't know the whole play, play, poor player retention thing for Destiny Two. It just I don't know. It 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 was something that was visible in the first game, in my opinion, and they they had quite a good run with Destiny Two. But I mean, you you look at the way that I guess technology has progressed, especially with you know modern consoles releasing. This isn't something that has had traction like, um, well, on on the free to play uh, format, Warframe. Uh, but you know, on on a more simpler first person um, format of something that would be a bit, been about re- released around the same time, Rainbow Six, you know, also planned as a, a ten year game. Um, but even Rainbow Six is is looking at you know they're they're kind of at the end of their life cycle at this point. I think um, I, I I feel like Destiny. As an original idea, thinking that it was going to be a 10-year game and failing should have kind of spoke to, you know, where they were at at the current point where Sony took them over. That they probably didn't have too much traction or too much ground left in this particular game. And maybe that Sony should be not so focused on on this, uh, I I guess, uh, live service format. Uh, that they've backed for it, but maybe backing a new game like Marathon, or you know, potentially moving on from that that live service a- as Destiny and expanding it, um, making it completely free to play, putting out more stuff, doing more events that 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 are simpler for the the programmers to enable. I guess, I, I guess, kind of like a end end of life cycle. Um, gameplay, and maybe that—that's what this last expansion is, is supposed to be. But maybe it's—it's it's a little too late. May, maybe they should have done it at the current expansion, just because the way the current player counts are going, and the fact that you know Sony didn't kind of already look at that, and maybe they did, and that—that's why they wrote the contract the way they did. So, so they were able to take over Bungie because they wanted one more under the belt. I mean, it's always possible in that regard. I do agree that there should have been some deeper looking into Destiny because there's been a lot of complaints from the community about how 
content has been getting delivered. I mean, they've had some saving graces in the last few years. Um, but the biggest problem that they've got right now, though, is, yeah, exactly that, is that player count's been dwindling. You've had other live service games that have come out that have been taking away players' attention. You've mm -hmm. even had non-live service games that have been taking players' attention away. I mean, just look at, you know, Baldur's Gate 3. Look yeah. at um, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Having come out late last year, um, or, or excuse me, earlier this year, you're talking, uh, yeah, like you made mention of Rainbow Six Siege. You've also got the relaunch of Counter-Strike Go with Counter-Strike 2. Mm -hmm. um, you've got all of these other games that have been going on. I mean, I guess you could even consider like Apex Legends and Valorant being big ones as well. You know, you've got a lot of games that are fighting for people's time. And this is really one yeah. of those issues with live service titles. So there's been other things to do. And... I think that the writing has been on the wall for Destiny for a little while. I think if Activision didn't force Bungie to release a Destiny 2, maybe they wouldn't be so much in a bad spot that they had been able to continue updating Destiny as time has gone on. But yeah. in the true sense of everything, though, is the writing has been on the wall for at least a year and a half, if not two years. Mm. And yeah, I mean... They could have potentially put the effort into working on Marathon and, and Sunset Destiny or or figured out what was going to happen next with it. Um, or they could have moved into something else, though, too. Because Marathon now, even with all these these layoffs and all of these cost reductions, from what I understand, of course, is that uh, Marathon has been pushed out by at least another year, I think. And it's not even a matter of like needing polish or adjustments or tweaks or anything like that it's just it's because it was still under development and now that you've cut part of the team and you've got all these other things going down is there really enough money there to be able to put that emphasis on the next game well and that that's one of the things that kind of scares me is maybe maybe sony's putting so much pressure on the studio at this point that it it makes it difficult for the the game to come out before i don't know they're absorbed I don't know. I mean, that's always very possible that we could see this next game, that we could see uh, Final Shape come out under like Sony themselves instead, you mm -hmm. know, like that it's it's definitely more of a non-independent thing. But, well, maybe not even necessarily Final Shape, but, you know, th the uh, marathon game that, that they've planned, uh, they, they want to make that more of a live service version of Marathon, and you know, it, it could be launched with a Sony Entertainment um, logo at the forefront rather than a Bungie logo because at that point they would have just been absorbed into the con company because of pressure put on them by Sony and the the lack of support and the fact that they've had to lay off people and it pushes it the game so far out that, it, yeah, it just it puts them in a position that, they're being forced to be absorbed, essentially. Like, yeah. Fully. Yeah, and that makes me wonder if that would end up changing the way that Marathon was supposedly set to release, mm -hmm. if that it will be a console exclusive and exclusive on, or at least be on PC and on PlayStation, and then have, like, maybe be, like, some sort of timed release. But I, I honestly don't see it making its way to Xbox if they ended up going that route. Like, I couldn't yeah, imagine I seeing see a so. PlayStation Studios logo on a like when I'm booting up in my Xbox Series X, you know, to play a marathon. I, I can't imagine seeing that, but I'd imagine it being exclusive to PlayStation 5 and PC only. Yeah. But who knows? 
Um, at least as it stands right now, there hasn't been any of those major details out there about Marathon, save, of course, for the rumor that it's been delayed till 2025. And so all we can do is just wait and see what happens with, with Bungie and with this next release for Destiny, whether or not this ends up being the saving grace. I, I'm hoping so. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because Bungie has a very rich history and are very capable of doing good things with the games that they make. But sometimes games can go on for a little too long and, and some things do need to get sunset at some point. Yeah, and our, our hearts really do go out to you know all the people that were laid off uh, from Bungie, um, especially during this time of the year. It, it can be really difficult. Um, we, we truly hope you the best, but it, this is... This is something that, you know, that is an unfortunate part of the industry that has been far too pre- uh, prevalent, especially with uh, some of the takeovers that have failed. And uh, hopefully Bungie is not the, the next one to, to succumb to, um, I guess, a bad purchase or bad direction after a purchase. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to see what happens next here. Yeah. Like we always do. We'll report on it, of course, when we hear more. But let's carry on here to some more exciting news. And that is the fact that we now have the official GTA 6 trailer. After much hype and much speculation, of course, and the teaser announcement that the trailer was going to drop, and then a subsequent leak that led to Rockstar publishing it early. I was going right. to say, you mean, you mean the one that told me to go buy Bitcoin, right? The yeah, trailer it that, that weird, yeah, <laughs> it had that weird. It had that weird, um, uh, yeah, Bitcoin uh, splash thing over. It, but it was the trailer. But yes, yeah. that's exactly it. So yes, we now have the official trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six, and that is right. Just like all the leaks and all the other rumors have made clear, we are going back to Vice City. So this is going to be the uh, first Grand Theft Auto with a female protagonist in it. Uh, Her name is Lucia, and uh, she will be working alongside her boyfriend. Uh, I don't know if a name was actually ever given for the name. Uh, Yeah, I don't think his name was ever put out there. Uh, But, yeah, uh, her and him will basically be... The the biggest example out there is a Bonnie and Clyde type scenario here where they're both committing these crimes together. And so she just gets out of jail. At least that's what they show at the beginning of the trailer. And, yeah... Um, biggest takeaways from the trailer though, Kyle, uh, I know you saw it. I've seen it a, mm-hmm. a couple times cause I wanted to watch it in higher quality, um, uh, you know, on a 1440 P screen. So that was nice to do. Um, a couple of big things is that they really embodied what we come to joke about with Florida. Um, oh yeah. I mean, you've to the got point where they've, uh, literally, um, yeah. almost frame for frame reiterated some, some classic uh, film and TikTok uh, videos that that have I, I I guess become synonymous with Florida at, at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 Florida man joke is is clearly there. But yeah, they've actually adapted a bunch of these. One. No kidding, they've <laughs> adapted a bunch of these different things that have become popular memes on. Uh, places like TikTok or even like YouTube, for example, and have turned them into in-game things. Like to the point now that there's someone, uh, he calls himself the Florida Joker, is actually suing for his likeness appearing in the trailer, the guy with all the tattoos on his face. Oh, wow. 
Of course, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time that uh, Grand Theft Auto, or I guess I should say Rockstar and Take-Two, have been uh, attempted to be sued for for likenesses, if we recall. Oh, yeah, with Lindsay Lohan. uh, Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, besides that, though, of course, there's there's more going on in this Vice City than there was in the original Grand Theft Auto Vice City that released in the mid-2000s. This one itself seems to have a very expansive area, at least just based on what we saw in the trailer. Uh, Not only do you have Vice City, you've also got the strip that does go alongside the beach. It looks like a lot of places that we're used to from what we saw in the original Vice City game are going to be there. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of emphasis on, say, like the Florida Everglades, for example. There was some stuff with like an airboat going around, too. So maybe there will be something going on there. Uh, There were some things that took place, of course, with uh, um, a lot of like what appear to be, I wouldn't even call it like a motorcycle gang, but if, and I know I could put this description in, in people's heads here, but like the, the groups of people who ride around on the, uh, on the uh, crotch rocket style motorcycles who go around and just kind of cause all the chaos when they're riding around. Uh, there's yeah. some emphasis on that in the game though, too. Uh, uh, there was some like modern low rider culture. Yeah, that too. Uh, there's also um, some sort of like, mudding event thing that's going on in there that they've got videos of uh one takeaway that someone had is that in the trailer they actually showed a dog running alongside a couple people on the beach and so people are like gta 6 confirmed to have dogs in it so people are all excited for the possibility of having their own pet even though there was chop in gta 5 but i know that wasn't all the way there needless to say uh it's it looks like it's bustling and it looks like it's going to be a fun time but right now they've got a release date set for 2025, I think is what they said, or was it late 2024? Yeah, 2025. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, but the takeaway that people have took, uh, had from that, from the announcement, is that it only says it's going to launch on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S in 2025. No mention of PC. But that doesn't mean anything, though, because... Uh, it did take a while for the PC version to drop after GTA 5 came out. Uh, even the article here from The Verge makes mention it was about a year and a half after the first game came out. But mm-hmm. when it came out on PC, that version was the the re-release of the Xbox One PlayStation 4 version, which had the first-person mode built into it. That was when right. we got the PC version. So it'll probably be something similar like that, some sort of feature ad or what have you or maybe they've just still got testing to do to make sure that this game is optimized for all the different graphics cards and cpus and and configurations that are out there they want to make sure they deliver a good experience yeah they want you to be able to experience all the ray tracing goodness and in its full extent (laughs) yeah um one mainstay though with the grand theft auto world is the areas that you can explore in the initial part of the game Uh, That was a mainstay with Grand Theft Auto 3, where the bridge was blown out, uh, with Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City, where um, certain access outside the town, of course, was also cut off. Uh, GTA 4 had the same way with trying to go across the bridge because you were back in Liberty City again. Uh, GTA 5 didn't have any sort of restrictions on where you could go. You basically could explore the entire map if you wanted to whenever you wanted. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, whenever, wherever, however. Uh, But it looks like this might be introducing a similar thing because one eagle-eyed person on the web happened to notice that 
there may be some restrictions because our main character here, she is actually wearing, if you look close enough at the picture, she's actually wearing a uh, ankle monitor that you'd normally see for someone who's out on, say, like probation. Yeah. So it's possible yeah. that could tie into locking down to being in a specific part of the city for a certain period of time. Generally, it's about maybe a quarter of the way through the game before the next areas open up. And usually they open up as it comes to like a, a mission of some type. They don't just, boom, they're available now. So could very well be, uh, very well could be the case with that. That would be pretty neat. Uh, the last thing I wanted to make mention, though, is of how crazy things were with this trailer in regards to its actual popularity. So I'm hopping on the YouTube here. I wanted to well, see. Well, I know in, what was it? Less, I think it was 24 or 48 hours, it broke Mr. Beast's record uh, for most watched video um, within, within I think his was within a week, uh, but they broke it within 24 or 48 hours or something like that. So the current view count, at least in a in a rounded up value, current view count as of eight thirty p.m. on Friday, December eighth, four days after the release of the trailer, one hundred and thirty million views. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely very popular because I'm sure there are other people who are going back and rewatching it to see what else they may have missed. I know there's been a lot of analysis on this, figuring out all the other little details that we could come to expect to see in the game. Um, and th there's people who like doing that. They always do stuff like that. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's really cool though. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to go watch that trailer again, but yeah. Uh, anything else to mention on it, Kyle? I think we've covered pretty much what's there. I think it's better that if people go and watch the trailer itself, they'll have a better idea of what to expect, but at the same time, anything else? Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty much what I had is, is you you should definitely just check out the trailer, uh, see what you have to think about it. It is going to be a newer, larger Grand Theft Auto game. Uh, it brings you into a more modern era, um, so it definitely looks look like or it looks like it's the most contemporary of any uh, Grand Theft Auto game as as far as being modernized. Uh, as far as side activities, probably. I I know Grand Theft Auto Five had tons, uh, like oodles and oodles, but this looks like the, it has potential to have even far more. So, I uh, oh, yeah. definitely check out the trailer. Um, uh, keep your ears to the ground. So I I definitely know this is not going to be the last we hear of it from Rockstar. Um, we will probably see more teasers as it comes along. Uh, probably closer to um, summer and later this the in, towards the end of the year of next year, but um, you never know. Uh, we we did get some leaks earlier. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago. From it was actually a uh, employee of Rockstar. His uh, son had gotten on and was TikToking all of his work um, on the game. Uh, just to his friends and everything, and the the TikTok went viral. So uh, it, it did cause quite a debacle about uh, security within the company again. But you know, needless to say, it it doesn't necessarily 
stop it from from spreading so there may be more leaked information there might be more information spread out from rockstar keep your ears to the ground because i i know we'll probably see more at least in the by summer games fest absolutely absolutely very well said kyle but of course as we talk about bad news then we talk about good news we got to move back to bad news again so mm-hmm. we have word here, of course, from Twitch that they are going to be ceasing operations in South Korea over expensive network fees. So that's right. Twitch is going to be pulling out of the South Korean market this next year. Uh, so the plan is, of course, is that Twitch is going to be leaving uh, February 27th, or at least ceasing all their operations uh, February 27th. And uh, they have made it clear that they have worked all they can to make things more cost effective for them in that country, but it's just not working out. So let's see here. I'm going to grab the letter here from uh, the CEO of, I believe this is from the CEO. Yeah. CEO of Twitch, uh, Dan Clancy. Uh, He goes on to say uh, that we've made the difficult decision to shut down the Twitch business in Korea on February 27th, 2024 KST. So Korean standard time. We understand this is extremely disappointing news, and we want to explain why we made the decision and how we are planning to support those impacted. And he makes it pretty clear here in this one paragraph. Ultimately, the cost to operate Twitch in Korea is prohibitively expensive, and we have spent significant effort working to reduce these costs so that we can find a way for the Twitch business to remain in Korea. First, we experimented with a peer-to-peer model for source quality. Then we adjusted source quality to a maximum of 720p. While we have lowered costs from these efforts, our network fees in Korea are still 10 times more expensive than in most other countries. Twitch has been operating in Korea at a significant loss, and unfortunately, there is no pathway forward for our business to run more sustainably in that country. So that's a very, very, very big thing there, especially with how popular Twitch is in Korea, given, uh, of course, a lot of South Korean gamers with uh, League of Legends, with StarCraft, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know if I need to say anymore because those are pretty much the top ones that I could name. Um, but yeah, they make it clear that they're going to be doing it, but they've also made clear that they are um, that they are going to be doing all they can to actually help out those streamers moving forward. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be working with uh, affiliates and partners that are on Twitch in South Korea to migrate to other platforms. So mm-hmm. other streaming platforms that are out there and available, that even includes things like Facebook gaming and uh, YouTube gaming as well. Uh, they will work with them to migrate them over. As much as they hate to do it, it's the least they can do for what they're, for shutting down all of these things, you know, all of these, these, uh, functions and tools and, and everything. That a bunch of these, not only these individual like one person streamers, but these big organizations have set up on Twitch to make work. So there's a lot of things that are going to have to be overhauled by these these by everybody to make their stuff work. Uh, the great part, though, is that um, the Engadget article here actually talks a little bit about what exactly it is that's going on, or at least where this cost is coming from, uh, because Netflix was also affected by this and had to bumped their prices up, according to them, by 13% in Korea. Uh, so wow. they say, Yeah. So they say it all boils down to a particular type of internet traffic tax employed in South Korea called the Sending Party Network Pays model. 
This tax, tax requires the tech company, Twitch in this case, to pay a fee to the ISP for traffic to be delivered to the end user. Foreign companies resisted these efforts for years, but there have been recent crackdowns, and here we are. So, yeah, exactly. They want to basically charge to send to each user, I guess. It's like, it's that. And it's like paying for Twitch is not going to solve any of that either. So that's why they're moving out. And I do want to present some stats here to you, Kyle. I do have another link in our show notes, and I'll make sure this gets with the notes too in the uh, or the description of the episode. Uh, but this is actually from a, uh, a group known as Sully Gnome. I don't know if this is an individual person or a group of people, uh, but they actually have the stats here for monthly Twitch Korean statistics over the long term. They have a couple different things here I want to make clear. So in November of 2023... For Twitch average and peak viewership statistics for Korean channels over the long term, uh, there in November there was a peak viewership of three hundred forty-seven thousand four hundred thirty-six uh, viewers, with an average of one hundred thirty-two thousand four sixty-nine. Uh, live channel statistics for Korea over the long term uh, in November, uh, two thousand two hundred sixty-three average channels with a peak of five thousand five hundred ninety-three. Uh, and then monthly active Twitch partnered and affiliate channels over the long term. So this is so affiliate is the first stage you get where you can actually have subscribers, and then partner channels are the ones that are like your your more popular ones. So if I make mm-hmm. mention of names like Ninja, for example, you know he's he's one that right. would definitely be a, an example of a partner. Uh, they in Korea had in November one uh, one thousand three hundred nine partners. And seventeen thousand one hundred and seventy-six affiliates. Um, of course, this isn't looking at any December numbers because you know we're in December and this only got announced this week. But obviously, those numbers are going to potentially drop significantly as players already start to make their way over. And of course, these are not their peaks either. So it looks like the peak occurred in January of twenty twenty-two for a lot of this, or at least even February of twenty twenty-two. So yeah, this is definitely not the the most it's been, but it's been on an upward trend since they started doing stuff apparently in Korea, or at least since tracking this since 2016. I I have a few issues with this. Um so for for starters, I I don't know about now or at least within the last 5 years, but for for the longest time South Korea Korea was known for having some of the best internet on in in the world. Uh, just as far as like data transfer rate, and maybe this this is part of it is the fact that they don't have a lot of traffic because the sending party pays, and it's a lot of people trying to avoid having to pay for that traffic, um, and and just avoid the expense. the The big problem I have with that though is Twitch is owned by Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. I was wondering when you were going to get to that. And Amazon is willing to just blow money on stupid crap. I mean, look at Amazon Game Studio. They cranked how much money into that for them to just close it. And they didn't do, like, really anything with it. So... Oh yeah, no, you're you're not wrong because the same idea went through my head too. And it, it doesn't make any I, sense for them to say it's an expense issue. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, they they got a guy, their CEO just or their 
a former CEO just flew to space for fun. Uh, I mean, <laughs> expense isn't really an issue here. Yeah, and they they own a data center there. They have a data center and an edge uh, network there in uh, South Korea. And so you, you would think, yeah, it's definitely not a problem there. But the problem, of course, is that it's almost like a, a similar model to the way that Amazon uh, and even all these other cloud providers like uh, Microsoft with Azure and Google mm-hmm. with uh, GCP, um, the way that they charge the uh, not the user of the content, but more of the user of the the services that's sending the content. So the actual cost to send data in is nothing. It's the cost to get data out is what's expensive. So what's happening here is that it's almost like the table's been turned on them where the um, the person streaming on Twitch is sending their content into Amazon to be transcoded and and shaped in that for streaming on, mm-hmm. on the internet. And then what's happening is that... Um, because it's their own platform, you know, it's like Twitch doesn't have to pay Amazon because that's their parent company. But um, what's happening is instead is that the table's being flipped where it's now the ISPs that have the the networks, the backbones of that going into their data centers in Korea saying, okay, well, you're sending this traffic out to all these different people, pay up. It's the same way that AWS hits it here in the United States or, or anywhere when using their services. So yeah. it's like the table's been flipped on them. It's like, yeah. You get to pay us now, but instead of paying out for all the data that's just going out, now you're paying for all the data on a per user basis. So it's kind of I guess a, it really doesn't feel that good, does it, Amazon? <laughs> right. But that's why it's like it's so interesting to think about too, because I have the same idea through my head. It's like it's Amazon. But yeah, there must be something else though that obviously if you're bleeding enough money, then a decision's gotta be made. Yeah, and that that's where I took the the issue with it is, I it even if you're bleeding money with with enough uh traffic, you should still be able to recover from that. And I I would think with with the amount of traffic that they're seeing come out of South Korea, that it shouldn't be an issue, um as far as viewership, um especially when it comes to. The fact that some of the biggest, um, th- this was my last one. Some of the biggest esports events in the world are held in South Korea. Why wouldn't Discord, or not Discord? Sorry, uh, not why wouldn't Twitch want to want to be there? They they should want to be part of that. They should be, they should want to host that. You know, they um, the the fact that that they don't see that there there's so much in as far as esports that comes out of South Korea and you know that it it affects their their business i guess as far as streaming content for for viewership of of gaming content in the long run and and keeping people from switching over to YouTube it it should be big flags right there mhm but it I, be. I don't know but I guess the question is, though, is that even with like these big giants like Amazon and Netflix having suffered at these costs and that too, like it doesn't matter if if these content creators, these streamers are moving over to other platforms, those other companies are going to have the same thing. So how long is it going to be for, uh, you know, before they're going to have to move somewhere else again? Right. 
So yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting upheaval there for people to move to a different platform, but um at least the bonus is that a lot of these uh third-party tools used for streaming to Twitch have the ability to also uh, change over to other platforms too. It requires a little bit of tweaking, but fortunately, it sh- it should be simple enough to make those adjustments. Yeah. Just it's more so migrating the community is really the big part. But needless to say, we'll just have to watch to see how much uh, chaos it really does cause. <laughs> but let's move on here to the big part of the news for this week, and that is the Game Awards. So yes, Game Awards was last night. Went on for like three hours. Um, it was yeah, three long. or four, something like that. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of stuff that won, and we have a lot of stuff that got announced. So, Kyle, what do you think? Should I just blow through the list of winners here for the different categories? Um, yeah. I mean, l- 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 I think we should. We should just probably uh, go through each of the categories one by one. Of course, with the the big. Big bad announcement coming at the very end, and we'll we'll talk about some of the uh, trailer announcements afterwards. Yes, yes, we will get into that. I want to spend more time talking about the announcements than just the straight up yeah. winners here, because uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, some of the winners we saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone saw it coming. Yeah. All right, so let's go through here. List uh, bottom up here, at least from what we believe here, that this is the order that they were announced in. Um, we did watch at least most of this. But yeah, so we have for Games for Impact, uh, we had, uh, I believe it's to Chia. Yeah, it's Chia. Chia, thank you. Uh, yeah. For Family Games, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. For Art Direction, Alan Wake 2. Uh, Esports Player of the Year was Faker. Uh, I believe Faker is the... Let me see exactly what team he's from here. Uh, he is from uh, T1 for League of Legends. Uh, we had, uh, for Action Adventure, was Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Action Game was Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, and now I've really got to go pick up that game. Uh, mm-hmm. Studio and Game Direction went to uh, Remedy Entertainment and Epic Games for Alan Wake 2. Uh, content Creator of the Year was Iron Mouse. Uh, I believe Iron Mouse, she is a VTuber. Uh, mm-hmm. For Best Narrative, you had Alan Wake 2. For RPG, you had Baldur's Gate 3. Esports game was Valorant. Independent game, Sea of Stars. Most anticipated game was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Multiplayer game, Baldur's Gate 3. Mobile game was Honkai Star Rail. The best adaptation is The Last of Us show on HBO. Best ongoing game is Cyberpunk 2077. The player's voice, so this is the award that was given for uh, votes by fans um, on the site itself, uh, was Baldur's Gate 3. And of course, Game of the Year was Baldur's Gate 3. So Baldur's Gate 3 walked away with the majority of the awards here. Uh, They walked away with, was it one, two, three, four? I believe they walked away with more than that, though, because I think they got something else there it looks yeah, like this actually I, doesn't have the full list like, because we didn't even cover it's like not yeah coach yeah. isn't there and yeah we didn't talk about some of these so here on the wikipedia page talking about it so best sports racing game was forza motorsport innovation and accessibility was forza motorsport best sim strategy game was pikmin 4 best fighting game and i think we both rolled our eyes at this one was street fighter 6 because we had a hunch it was going to happen oh yeah yeah had to um uh, best vr ar game was resident evil village uh, 
let's see here. Best community support is Baldur's Gate. Uh, let's see. Best debut indie game was Cocoon. And what else do we have here? Oh, best performance was Neil Newbon as Asterian in Baldur's Gate 3. Best audio design went to Hi-Fi Rush. Best score and music went to Final Fantasy 16. And I think that's everything here. Let's see. Uh, yeah, that looks like that's everything. Yeah, so so Baldur's Gate uh, won with nine nominations and six wins. Um, uh, and the funny part, though, that a lot of people were talking about, I want to make mention right now, is that Spider-Man was nominated for about the exact same number of categories. It didn't win anything. <laughs> Poor Spider-Man. I know, right? So, yeah. But, so that... I mean, the contenders this year were so, so tremendous. And, you know, I... I'm kind of shocked with the how they went with the uh, the indie title. Um, it was like, well, screw it. Both Dredge and and Dave the Diver do come from big studios, so we'll we'll give it to someone that that is indie, and, mm. and they did. So yes, good for them. Um, I thought it was an excellent show. Of course, some people did think it was a little bit more upsetting than others. Uh, I don't know what what were your thoughts on some of the announcements? Oh, quite a few. Or different... I guess on the the awards. Oh, on the awards. Um, I guess really, you know, we we had our discuss uh, last week talking about um, what our predictions for winners were going to be in our upsets and that too. And I'm I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't write anything down. Yeah, but, I, I wish we could have compared it, but that's okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I think. You know, I think the majority of things there were definitely um, definitely deserved for sure. You know, all these teams put in very hard work. Um, I kind of was, at least in the midst of all the controversy with Dave the Diver, I was kind of happy to see that Sea of Stars was the, the best indie title yeah, award winner. Too. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, besides that, I don't really know what else there is to say on it. So Yeah, I... I- I, I think that you kind of nailed it there. Uh, there, there really isn't a lot more to say on it. It was, it was in a good, a good award ceremony. Uh, definitely a little bit more secure than it has been in, in prior years. Um, mm-hmm. Did, uh, did have some interesting ones with some of the way the awards were presented, especially with uh, oh, now the gentleman's name. Um, escapes me the the guy that played God of War and they made the oh, joke that they were gonna Judge. play yeah they were gonna play him off before he even got to make the announcement <laughs> it it was funny yeah but yeah uh, if you, if you haven't gotten to check out that segment definitely do so um, but yeah with that um I I think we can probably move into some of the the big announcements that we saw at the award ceremony yeah we can do that and then I've got. I got one other thing with, or a couple other things with the Game Awards to cover there at the end once we go through the announcement stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the announcements was just a mixed bag of everything from AAA titles to indie stuff to to mobile to AAA. Uh, it was all over the place. Um, but I'm going through the list here of what was announced, and I'm starting kind of from the beginning of yeah, the... Yeah, there, there's some I've noticed that thing. are not necessarily... Well, nope, there's a page two. They are. Yes, that's where I'm at right now is I'm on page okay. two. I'm kind of in the middle here. Uh, so we got an announcement that Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is getting a remake and it's going to be out this next February. 
Uh, so I have I I know about the game, but this is not one that I've played. I need to check that out though. So I will need to give that one a shot. Great game. Uh, yeah. yeah, you'll definitely need to. I've I've only played it a little bit, uh, but I know the story. Fantastic game. Uh, definitely going to be worth the pickup on if you haven't had a chance to play it. Yeah. Uh, we're also getting a sequel to Pony Island called Pony Island 2 Panda Circus. And if the name makes you think, oh, this is going to be a fun game, it's it's more of a horror jump scare, jump scare excuse me, type and game. So. Holy cow. The, 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 the trailer for this one is just bonkers. Um, you, it, It's an amalgamation of so many games and uh, just expands on the craziness of uh, Pony Island and, and some of what you saw in ex- inscription as well, even though that I don't believe inscription ties into this at all. So be one to maybe look out for, especially for the indie guys like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see. What is it? The rise of the golden idol. Uh, it's a sequel to the, uh, the case of the golden idol that will be coming mm-hmm. out on all the platforms um, in 2024 as well as will also be a part of Netflix's mobile offering. So Netflix, of course, with their their game stuff built into their app, um, will be coming out. And that'll be dropping, of course, this next year. So another indie title that I think, Kyle, you'll probably end up having in your library here pretty quick, too. Maybe. <laughs> uh, next, of course, we've got a, um, a new game coming up that's going to be on Game Pass and on Netflix's game service called Harmonium. And this this is a interactive musical, almost, is what this is like it's a it's a 3d one here not in the sense of like you're you're like doing like a choose your own adventure like live action show or whatever uh but it's this musical here and it seems to deal with a uh deaf girl who um seems to discover something and have this ability here and and is able to move into a different realm where she can actually hear and experience the music so that's gonna be kind of cool to actually see and maybe something to do with the kids here when it does drop mm-hmm. um there's another one here coming out. I don't remember seeing the trailer for this one. It's, uh, it's called Thrasher. Thumb- yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Thrasher is the title, and it's a mind-melting cosmic racer and an essential audiovisual experience. Yeah, essentially, uh, think Thumper, but uh, it looks to be almost more of a. Uh, oh, I, I I don't even know what to compare it to, like a third-person over-the-shoulder shooter. Um, mixed with the uh, thumper graphics and visuals, just total synesthesia almost on your screen um, is what to expect out of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm actually really excited to tr- check that one out. I just, I like the, the look yeah, from the screenshot that's in here. If, if you were a fan of thumper, I think this one will be a definite pickup for you. Uh, next one here is we've got a, another game called uh, Windblown that's coming from the uh, developers of Dead Cells, uh, Motion Twin. Uh, so you'll be playing as leap a leaper, is what they're called, who must defend the Ark from an entity called the Vortex. So this is... You're a fan of Dead Cells, weren't you, Kyle? Oh, yeah. And after seeing the tra- trailer for this one, I... I immediately it was one that I messaged you. We I found a game that we we've got to play now. Oh, this was the one. Okay, this was the one. Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm game for this one. It looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, they did announce though next that Dave the, the Diver is getting a crossover with Dredge. So if you've enjoyed Dave the Diver and you like Dredge, then hey, you're going to be getting that. 
two of uh, my pseudo favorite indie games <laughs> of uh, this year. <laughs> this next announcement, though, I'm actually really excited for because I miss this game so much. Is uh, World of Goo is getting a sequel, World of Goo Two, and I just love it just because of the the just the mechanics of it with the puzzles and such, though, and linking up and all the little like bits they of goo. Expanded on it too. Um, it looks and- like it. I love the fact that they they poke fun uh, of the fact that they know it's been ten years since they put out a world of goo, and they know that it's it's had popularity and people still play it on mobile. It still gets downloads on Google Play all the time, so it, it's fantastic to see something like this come back and and with so much more that they've added. Hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, next up, though, of course, was the show off of Persona Three Reload. Uh, this one, I believe, is a direct sequel to Persona 3. Not necessarily just a remake of Persona 3, but I believe this is more of a, a sequel of sorts than anything. And I love Persona 3. I, I really love that one. I tried that out first before Persona 4. Obviously, you think, oh, it comes in sequential order. No, I had a buddy who was trying to get me to do 4 first, but he's like, here, try 3 out first instead. I did. I really liked that one. So this one takes back, though, of course, to... Um, going back to Tartarus and, of course, dealing uh, dealing with all the chaos that Persona ends up bringing. Of course, uh, you know, a little bit of controversy with the Evoker as well, which is what you use to summon your Persona. It's basically a gun. You shoot yourself in the head to summon a Persona. So <laughs> take that one into consideration. But it's a, a big difference, though, from the way the previous Persona or the original Persona 3 release looked. Um, more opened up similar to the way Persona 4 and Persona 5 looked. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Atlas also announced another title, uh, Metaphor Re-Fantasio. It was announced originally back in June, but they gave a new trailer. And it looks like Persona, if you set it back more in the like 1400s or even 1500s, kind of like if you took an architecture mix of what you would see in like um, Italy around the times of like Michelangelo and and that and and kind of crossed it with uh, some stuff that you would imagine seeing in England and that too and it, it's just it, it's I, I don't know if I'm even describing it right but that's what goes through my head and, but yeah, it looks like Persona. it's actually it, it's actually by the uh, I think art directors or maybe even the creators of Persona three four and five it is um, yeah so that that's why it carries that same feel. Uh, but as far as like combat, as far as like animation, um, and and even just visuals in and out of combat, uh, th- this one has me so excited. Just what rewatching bits of the trailer again gives me goosebumps because I'm like, it, it's it's a little bit of steampunk. It's a little bit of you know this. It's a little bit. Of, it, I I I almost even get a little bit of Attack on Titan in there, but it it just it's so many good things and it just what i've seen out of the short snippet of trailer it it looks fantastic i'm excited mm-hmm. yeah uh carrying on though of course into the announcements we had the a revealed trailer for a new game called exodus and so this is going to be more of a spacefaring type of game and it's going to focus on they even make it clear here and it's funny because matthew mcconaughey actually voices a character in this game uh, it's going to be similar, or it's going to introduce time dilation into here. And the way that the Verge article here describes it, they say, aka the water planet seen in Interstellar, where, you know, a, a 
a minute of time on that planet is like months or years in on earth. Um, but it follows up like that. It definitely deals with, uh, the space travel where you've got two players here in a relationship of some type where they come across some type of alien ship that they use to actually navigate around and, uh, jump at the speed of light to different places to search for alien artifacts and, and other things to learn and to grow, I guess the, the human race, and uh, I got to say, the trailer really did suck me in. Um, you know, it talked about him sacrificing himself or at least to lead them away and sending her out, which apparently deals with the time dilation because she's apparently gone and lost somewhere. She's not necessarily dead, but he came back in some way. But they don't necessarily explain anything else in the trailer about how he got back. Yeah, the, the concept is really fascinating. I'm really excited about that one. I'd like to find out more and see what uh, see more on gameplay, but uh, it does seem like a really, really unique, cool concept. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, next game, though, of course, from our favorite developers over at House House, you know, people who made Untitled Goose Game, uh, they have revealed a new game coming up called Big Walk. And I... I don't know what to make of this game. I I don't either. Um, it looks fascinating. I, I mean, I'll probably pick it up because it's House House. Um, and I loved Untitled Goose Game, but it looks to be some sort of uh, multiplayer social game that uh, you potentially can kind of maybe do anything um, as far as literally just hanging out with your friends different uh, fun activities to do, and you're playing as what seems to be the the uh, water sipping birds, like the uh, the desktop water sipping bird. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that one comes out in uh, 2025, so we've got another about a uh, year, a little bit longer. Uh, it's gonna be coming out on PC via Steam and the Epic Game Store. Uh, the trailer I was actually looking forward to did show up here, and that is for uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2. And so, of course, they showed off a new trailer with Senua uh, working her way through, uh, of course, like trying to um, understand what she's supposed to do next and seemingly getting involved with some of the, the otherworldly things that she was exposed to in the first game in Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. But of course, a lot of that dealt with her mental state as well too. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to know how they tie that into this game too, because there was a very big focus on working with a, um, with psychologists from around the world to deal with her psychosis and how to properly incorporate that into this game. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. how it's going to be in the sequel, but it was definitely very action packed. It looked like um, it's going to be, very similar in the combat, very similar in the uh, the progression in the game, but who knows? They might have added in a couple other secrets. So, very cool stuff, but it looks like it will be releasing this next year, so fingers crossed it comes out this summer. Hopefully. 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 Uh, Kyle, big surprise, I think, for a lot of people. God of War Ragnarok's getting DLC. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out this month. That was the big shocker. Not just this month. It comes out on the 12th. So as of our recording tonight, um, of course, you're not listening the same night that we record. Uh, but that's four days from now. We're, we're recording on the 8th currently. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to pick that up on the 12th 
for free if you've already got the game uh, or if you're receiving the game for Christmas, definitely hop on, get the free DLC. Yeah, that's the big part is that it's free. So mm-hmm. going, yeah, if you liked Ragnarok and you still got your PlayStation 5 around, go make sure to get it here in a couple days. Um, next up, we've got, um, uh, let's see, Moon Studios. That's who it is. Um, yeah. They announced that their no next rest project. For the wicked. Yeah, next project coming up, No Rest for the Wicked, and it's described as a mature precision action role-playing game. Um, and it's going to be dropping an early access on PC uh, this early next this next year and a full release sometime afterwards, so maybe later in the year. Um, and it looks like the trailer is age-blocked as well, too, so there is some sort of age restrictions on there. Um, but yeah, it's I think it looks gorgeous. I think it's going to be a fun one, especially because you can do co-opt with up to four players. So, Kyle, it's another one for us to play together. Oh, yeah. Aren't you excited? Oh, yeah, but uh, not as excited as I am for the next announcement because the next one had Sega coming at us with a trailer that hit notes from classic uh, classic commercials. Uh, they, they hit us with classic tones of the uh, Sega, uh, I guess, splash screen audio, uh, but... With the announcement, uh, we got five games that were announced. We got Jet Set Radio coming out with a new game. And I I, I think I pooped. And then Shinobi got announced with a new oh, game. Yeah. And I pooped again. And Golden Axe got announced with a new game. And my pants are getting full at this point. And then Streets of, uh, Streets of Rage and Crazy Taxi. And I, I, I think I, I went through probably two or three pairs of pants in in the the matter of like five minutes because sega just broke the internet in my mind yeah i mean your your inner child your inner child playing the dreamcast and that is just going nuts for the possibility of these games coming out and now it's going to happen yeah like i i can't tell you jet set radio i i think i played that game on the Dreamcast for probably two years solid without playing any other game. I just played it over and over and over again. I think I wore out two copies of the game. So, yeah, th- th- this is like Sega was channeling my inner child to a T, um, and I- I'm really excited. So check out that trailer if you haven't already. <laughs> uh, moving on, though, of course, the next thing here is that... Uh, uh, Supermassive Games uh, will be releasing a new um, multiplayer survival, or no, excuse me, it's a single-player story. I'm mixing just some stuff up here. Uh, It's going to be a single-player story, and it's going to be coming from Supermassive called The Casting of Frank Stone. And it looks like it's going to have some almost interesting vibes similar to the stuff we saw with uh, Dead by Daylight. However, Again, a single-player experience, though, in basically the world of Dead by Daylight, so to speak. Uh, right. And I know I, I don't know if Preston saw that one, but I bet you he's going to play that one probably pretty quick, too. But that will oh, be I'm dropping sure. in 2024 on basically everything, so be on the lookout for that. Um, of course, if you um, missed Ghost of Tsushima, I'm not saying there was another one announced, but uh, something that at least kind of gives you maybe some similar vibes is uh, Rise of the Ronin is coming out on um, 
PlayStation 5 in March of all. So this is like one of the more definitive dates we've actually seen. And mm-hmm. while it's not necessarily like 100% like Ghost of Tsushima, you know, if you if you miss that playing games from that period of time, but also maybe have a little bit of a hard on for things like uh, uh, Tenchu, um, this will probably put you in that right spot. Yeah, so. it gave me a lot of like almost uh, Neo vibes um, or or Sekiro, um, but yeah, some of the, some of the Tenchu vibes as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see when that one comes out. So. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to see it. Maybe make a PC release, but uh, of course, you know, with that exclusively on PS5, we'll have to wait for another year to find out. Yeah, um, I should make clear at least here at this point is that the list that we're reading from right now doesn't cover every single thing that was revealed, but these are definitely some of the big ones that were picked out there. And I know mm-hmm. there's another one I want to at least talk about that's not on the list. I'll do that here towards the end too. Uh, but we move on to the next one here was talking about Hideo Kojima of all things. Uh, of course he, uh, he came out and announced a new game alongside, uh, Jordan Peele and it's called OD at least right now. Uh, it's not a hundred percent the name of the title though, at least as far as we're aware, but it's called OD and it is, uh, so far they only teased a little bit of stuff from like, um, uh, motion capture test with the actors and actresses that are involved. And the tagline for the game is for all the players and screamers. So no idea what's going to happen here. But this is the game that's been teased as the collaboration between Kojima Studios and um, uh, Xbox. So that's what this title is going to be. So, yeah, fun. Aside from, you know, Jordan Peele's influence and knowing that it's a horror game, I mean, it it's hard to say or even speculate. Uh, I mean, Kojima with his trailers is always off the wall. So, uh, I, I guess wait and see on that one. Yeah. Um, moving on, of course, though, uh, there was a announcement for a full game here, which was sort of teased within, uh, Fortnite, called rocket racing. Uh, so it's an arcade racer built by psionics so it's going to definitely feel like you are playing rocket league in the midst of basically racing on hot wheels tracks uh and it was 100 percent built in fortnite and it actually officially officially released today so that game is out and it's free and yeah so if you're one who really likes the the hot wheel style of racing and you really enjoyed the cars in rocket league now you can take them out onto a track so have fun with that um, we've got another game from Life is Strange Studio, uh, Don't Nod, and uh, it's another one of those interactive storytelling games called Lost Records, and it's kind of a mix of their regular storytelling that you see, like you saw with Life is Strange, but it adds in a tiny bit of horror as well, too, and it actually did look pretty engaging, so I'm kind of fascinated by it, but I know my kid will definitely probably like it a little bit more than I will. <laughs> Yeah. Um, next game, of course, that was announced was uh, Tales of Kenzera Zhao. Uh, it's a side-scrolling action game, and this one was announced, of course, by the um, uh, uh, was announced. Let's see here. I believe the uh, the founder of the studios, uh, Surgeon Studios. His name is um, 
I, I hope I'm not butchering this, but I probably am, is Abu Bakar Salim. Uh, he founded it, uh, but he actually made a pretty big introduction speech about this because um, a lot of the inspiration for these things were uh, uh, things in here were from his late father. And so, of course, a lot of the things in this game are in his honor. So he was, of course, visibly upset on the stage as he was announcing this game. Um, but for side scroller stuff, I mean, there there's should never be a, sor- a shortage of side scrollers. I mean, side scroller no, action one, games run around looks great. Yeah, it looks like it has a lot of really good action in it. This, this is a game I could actually see playing on the Steam Deck, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what this feels like. Um, uh, the next big thing we had, of course, though, was, uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, was on stage at the Game Awards, um, not only, of course, because, uh, uh, Twisted Metal had a nomination for Best Adaptation, but lost to Last of Us, um, he was on stage to announce, um, an award, but he also announced that the popularity of Twisted Metal was so high that it's getting a second season on Peacock, so... I guess I'm going to have to go get a Peacock subscription and go check out Twisted Metal now, Kyle. <laughs> it's all I need is another sub, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the biggest surprise, I think, out of every single thing that was announced at um, Game Awards, and Kyle, you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, is that Arcane Lion and Bethesda are working on a Marvel Blade game. That was a pretty big shocker. I I did think, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a single player adventure and it's going to be set in Paris. Uh the trailer of course we get for it is cinematic, but what it sounds like though and looks like is that the the voice actor and the character model are based off of the new Blade, not Wesley Snipes Blade. So it looks like there's going to be more taking away from the upcoming what is it that Disney's doing with that? Are they doing a movie or are they doing a a Disney Plus show? I think it was a movie. So maybe this is what ties into it. But, um, of course, uh, Arcane Lion made clear that they had only just begun development on this. So the trailer that was put together was based just on probably the initial ideas that went around. So we're not going to be seeing anything on this game for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the other things, though, too, we did get was um, the um, uh, theme song for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth called No Promises to Keep. And that was actually a pretty pretty good performance that they did because not it, only did they show off the trailer, they actually had a live performance of it at the same time. Yeah, and it, she did a very excellent job with the performance. Um, definitely uh, better musical performance than the uh, bizarre... Alan Wake interpretive dance thing that oh happened. my god but, yeah it was yeah. the way that it was described to me is that it was a Alan Wake two musical performance like like musical okay that that was the way I was <laughs> reading about it and was described so yeah sure mm-hmm. <laughs> just I'll I'll go with that <laughs> yeah um one of the other big surprises but of course uh, Kyle as I told you I would expect to see a Duke Nukem remake. Uh, well before this game actually came out, uh, they did officially drop the release date for Skull and Bones. Ubisoft's uh, pirate game will be dropping on February 16th of this next year. That So it, this is an official date, like not just the date that they're going to roll it to the next date, you know, a decade down the line, because 
I mean, they did also announce the Assassin's Creed Nexus that looked really cool. And uh, it, it's going to be a VR title that deals with uh, classic uh, Assassin's Creed characters, it looks like. That might actually launch before this at, any, at, that, at this rate. Mm-hmm. So I'm just poking fun, but yeah. <laughs> You're all good. Uh, popular narrative adventure, uh, thriller narrative adventure game As Dusk Falls um, was originally out on Xbox and PC in 2022, but it's going to be dropping on PS4 and PS5 in March. Uh, so As Dusk Falls is the, again, narrative uh, storytelling adventure where you can make the decisions on how things go. This is the one where it's more like the the paintings of characters and things kind of superimposed on 3D worlds in that. So, uh, huh. yeah. So the one takes place in the desert, a lot of like murder stuff and th- things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be coming out this one, uh, this next year, excuse me. But one of the interesting ones that uh, was announced here, and I find it funny because, of course, uh, Hello Games, Sean Murray is definitely known for making some pretty boisterous uh, statements about his games. I mean, you know, uh, and he's been actually kind of working through the joke as well, too, as uh, things have been going on. Um, but uh, yeah, the creator of uh, No Man's Sky uh, was on the stage to announce uh, Hello Games' next game called Light No Fire. And it's going to be a, a multiplayer uh, game which they consider to be the first real open world with no boundaries. Um, so they're making this, basically they're calling it Earth, but obviously it's not Earth. Maybe it is in some other timeline, who knows? Uh, this one, though, yeah, it's definitely a multiplayer-based one. You can do all these different activities around there, but you can explore. And it's got, of course, like the Minecraft-style element to it, like crafting, mining, uh, there's uh, mounts you can have as well, at least in they showed off. There is a swimming component as well. Um, I mean, it does look pretty good, at least for what they've shown off, but uh, I don't think they actually put out a date for when this one's going to be coming out. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe so. I I think... Um, I don't even recall them saying an actual like time frame at all. Yeah, I don't think they did either because they said they were working on this game for the last five years. So I think we're still probably a few years out. Yeah, and I, I mean, especially after, you know, the fumble that they had with uh, No Man's Sky, I don't think they want to relive that again. They, they're they not wanting to put out, you know, a turd that needs polish. They want something that, that's an actual polished, you know, good game that that they can they they can be proud of from the get-go rather than having to be proud of it a year or two three years down the line yeah uh moving on though of course not only was this one a surprise to see but it was also a shadow drop at the same time uh Mm -hmm. the finals the um non-battle royale battle royale basically television show style um shooter um this actually dropped at the same time it was being announced during um the game awards and so this game was in a uh closed beta earlier this year 
And yeah, it officially has dropped now. So the game, of course, is out on the platforms that you can get it on, like just about any platform. So if you haven't had a chance to go check it out, go do so. What I'm curious about, though, is if they actually took care of the voiceover stuff that was in there that a lot of people were claiming was AI. Uh, that I can't speak for. Um, I did preload it again already on Steam. I haven't had a chance to check it out. The big thing I've noticed is players are having problems with the fact that they've slowed the game down from the beta. Ah, okay. So they had some tweaks that they did make. Okay. They, they did make some uh, tweaks since the uh, beta. So. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Uh, next thing here, of course, we got is uh, Alan Wake 2 will be getting a new Game Plus mode launching on December 11th. So only a couple days away. So Kyle, it looks like you're going to have to go pick up Alan Wake 2 because you got more content even to take care of. Oh, man. I, I should have been... I should be picking up one of those uh, Xbox uh, Series Xs that I keep seeing for 350 bucks at like Walmart or Target or something go on sale. Because, yeah, I, I at this point, I it's only on Epic Game Store. I want to play it on PC, but I always forget about my games on Epic. So I'm, I'm waiting till it comes out on Steam or I happen upon a good system deal. You're asking for a lot, bud. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a new announcement from Capcom for Monster Hunter Wilds, which will be dropping in 2025. And all that we get for it appears to be some sort of in-game engine trailer, uh, you know, riding around on um, a monster hero of some type, of course, though. Uh, lots of different ones that are roaming around through a field, and that's really it. I mean, the trailer's good. But yeah, no other news other than the fact that um, there will be more details revealed this summer. So probably during like Summer Games Fest or something else, and then mm-hmm. launching the year after, so 2025. Um, we did also get an announcement of the first DLC for Final Fantasy 16. Um, there is a second one that's in the process of being worked on. Uh, the first DLC actually launched as well during the Game Awards, and that is called uh, Echoes of the Fallen. And so it's a whole new story chapter and apparently it takes place before the final battle. So it's not um, it's not uh, taking place, of course, after everything's been said and done. It's just more fi- it's more padding in, in the actual main story itself. So for those fans of Final Fantasy, I mean, by all means, at least as you're waiting for uh, Seven Rebirth to drop, now you've got stuff to do here. Hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, another surprise drop that happened during the Game Awards is that Baldur's Gate 3... Just as it won, uh, game of the year went live on Xbox. So the game itself took a little bit longer to get there, but now it's available on Xbox to play. And uh, yeah, I out of everything, Kyle, that I keep on saying I need to play, I need to go check out Baldur's Gate three. I have no yeah. choice. I gotta. I mean, I I. I I was already, I had it in my cart already before the show, and I I haven't bought it yet, but, oh man, I've been fighting it, fighting it, fighting it for weeks now, and I I think I just need to pull the trigger. I think so, too. Uh, I think the biggest thing, though, to to bring up here, though, because we're kind of at the end of the announcement stuff here, there were plenty others. I think the other one I want to make mention of is Jurassic Park. Uh, survive um 
that game looks pretty cool because it's going to be a a survival game in Jurassic Park. Um, more specifically, it takes place directly after the events of Jurassic Park 1, um, where it appears to be a doctor who was left on Isla Dublar, uh, who will basically go through all the different areas that um, we saw in the movie. Of course, that's at least like what the cinematic portion of the trailer was showing was inside the main mm-hmm. visitor center complex. Um, and being chased around by dinosaurs, of course, having a confrontation with T-Rex. Um, yeah, it looked pretty cool. And so I'm excited to check that one out. Kyle, was there any other announcement I missed that you wanted to bring up? Um, Shoot. Uh... I added some stuff to my to my wish list, but I other than uh, Windblown and Necrosmith, I'm trying to remember if the other one was announced or not, or if it was just something I I saw and just got wrapped up in. Uh, but it was a mech game. I think it might have been something I got wrapped up in. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I I think you just about covered it. I I heard most of the ones. And I mean, you you said Sega, and my my brain went off. Fireworks started shooting, and then I went brain dead. <laughs> so I get you there. Um, yeah, a couple of the things I wanted to cover from the Game Awards, though, more than anything, is one: yes, security was beefed up this time around, so we didn't have anybody that you know jumped on the stage with uh, other developers and stuff, and you know talked about Bill Clinton and whatever that was taken care of mm-hmm. this year. Um, there were definitely some concerns as it came to the, uh, the wrap it up music. Apparently they only gave 30 seconds per, uh, speech to, um, to say all the different things, of course, that, you know, the, the award winners were going to say, um, including a big, uh, teleprompter that had said basically wrap it up on there when it came time. Uh, but some of the bigger problems though, of course, where the, the conflict is at with that one is that when um uh uh who's the studio that made um uh Baldur's Gate that is Larian Larian yeah uh so when Larian Studios uh had um uh Sven or what is that Sven uh Vinke, uh was up on stage of course accepting the award he was talking about how uh their main um oh what is it one of their main developers uh, had actually passed away during the development of Baldur's Gate 3. And of course, he was talking about that and trying to make sure that, you know, he was honored for what he had done. And they started playing the wrap up music on him. Um, there, of course, were some other incidents where this happened as well, too. But for some reason, where, where the conflict comes in is that they gave Hideo Kojima basically 10 minutes to go on about OD, which in reality, OD was like, I think the trailer itself was maybe. 45 seconds to a minute yeah and i i think part of that is uh partially because of uh jeff Keeley's relationship with hideo kojima but also um i think they were trying to avoid the egregiously long um acceptance speeches but to the same effect i mean it, it's an award show some of the the people that were giving acceptance speeches were foreign uh, they they had to have translators, so it's not necessarily fair to you know expect them to to be able to put out the same amount of message 
in equal amount of time when they have to speak that message and it has to be translated. But beyond that, I mean, especially when it goes into the, the thing with Larian Studios and the acceptance for Baldur's Gate, and he, he was talking about, you know, the the member that had passed away during COVID and he was honoring that person and them playing the, the walk-off music. Not only was it wrong in that aspect, I mean, they were game of the year for Christ's sake. They could have given them you know, five, ten minutes. It the the show was theirs at that point. You know, I they were the so. last one. You know, to to be announced. It, it, the show was over. It, it it was it was literally the wrap up. So why couldn't he have had you know whatever amount of time to give his thanks and to give his appreciation to you know say what he felt needed to be said about you know the individuals that had passed, especially that one individual. Um, during during the t- making of the game and during the COVID time, um, because that that was you know a COVID game for them, unfortunately, um, and it, it it's wrong, um, on on a lot of different levels. I I mean I get the whole teleprompter thing, saying you know wrap it up, uh, after the debacle from last year, but I mean, there's there's a difference between you know enforcement and overstepping. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think the last thing here to mention, though, and this is more of an opinion piece on The Verge, is uh, about how there was no mention of anything regarding uh, all of the layoffs in the video game industry in the last year. Um, the estimates, at least according to the article here from The Verge, say that there's between six and 7,000 workers um, have been let go from the video game industry this year alone. Um, and mm-hmm. it's been pretty volatile for everything. However, um, the fact, though, that Jeff Keeley spoke up when uh, Activision Blizzard got hit by the lawsuit and didn't actually speak up about anything here is definitely kind of a head-turner. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's it's interesting, though, that it's like, of course, it's not Jeff Keeley's fault that any of this happened. And the article makes it clear. It's like, he's not responsible for the layoffs. But um, it would have been nice to hear something from him. And I'm actually, I was actually kind of expecting the same thing, was to hear make mention of all of the things happening in the industry because, first and foremost, these games don't get made on their own. You've got teams of, of you know, it could be one person, it could be 10 people, it could be 100, it could be 1,000. You know, you've got a whole bunch of people who are working on these games, and a lot of them are not in the industry anymore right now because they've, they've been let go. And the fact that nothing was mentioned about it is kind of a, a shock, too. Yeah. So, in the meantime, though, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the big thing there to wrap up with. Uh, other than, again, that Alan Wake musical thing. Just That song is partially <laughs> stuck in my head right now, and I may have to go look it up. Interpretive Dance of the Dark Place. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. That's, you're telling that's me. That's all I, I got. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but of course, go watch all the different announcement trailers. Go watch uh, all the recap stuff that's out there for the Game Awards as well, too. All the different things that happened. Uh, it's all really good stuff. But that is it for the main stories for this week. We went over quite a bit here for this week. So Kyle's going to wrap it up here pretty quick with the quest markers for this week. Kyle, what do we got in them? Yeah, just a couple, three quest markers for this week. Um, so our first quest marker of this week 
comes from us uh, from Australia. Uh, they will be the next ones to get be getting an 18 plus only Switch Online app. Um, of course, the announcement just happened uh, for the Switch Online app. Uh, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago uh, that, it, that it will be going to Nintendo uh, literally like a week and a half ago uh, for GoldenEye and Jet Force Gemini. But now the app seems to be getting a listing in Australia as well. Um, so expect... Um, more news on that coming down the pipe. Um, but it, unlike the uh, subscription uh, for the Japanese uh, users, um, it looks like the uh, Australia one may just be an upgrade. I'm not actually certain. So, yeah, it'll, it, we'll have to find out more information on that one here shortly. Uh, but continuing on to our second quest marker of this evening. Um, after unexplained bans, PlayStation users uh, report their accounts have been restored. Um, earlier this week on Monday, uh, without notice, PlayStation users were getting randomly banned from their PlayStation Network accounts. Wow. Uh, this actually made it complete, or it made it that if you had any um, digital or digitally downloaded games, they were completely unable to be played because they would be locked behind the account that was banned. Um, upon waking up Tuesday morning, suddenly some of these accounts, or actually all of these accounts, were miraculously unbanned. Uh, but on Monday, uh, after the permanent ban, uh, users did take to PlayStation uh, to see about appeals. You know, they wanted to see if there was any chargebacks or uh, status about suspension. And PlayStation didn't have anything to offer except to disconnect their account and to create a new one until the rollover on Tuesday. So, kind of a bizarre hiccup in PlayStation's world. No kidding. And in our last depressing piece of uh, quest marker for this week, um, Nintendo Live 2024 Tokyo has unfortunately been canceled. Um, the Splatoon and Mario Kart event has been postponed as well. Um, unfortunately, Nintendo has had to cancel uh, the event and postpone the uh, other events uh, due to threats to the staff as well as spectators. Um, quoting the uh, quoting Nintendo uh, as a comment, they say, um, our company has been persistently receiving threats targeting our employees, and recently the targets of these threats have spread to spectators, staff, and etc. Um, of Splatoon Koshin 2023 uh, National Finals. Considering safety is our top priority, we have made the decision to postpone the event. So, unfortunately, uh, due wow. to some either joker or some insanely off-the-rocker person, um, Nintendo has had to cancel and postpone these events until further notice. Jesus Christ. Yeah, really unfortunate. I mean, 
especially since this is like one of the most family friendly game companies out there um why why but that is it for our quest markers for this week and because that's it for the quest markers this week that is it for the npc's weekly news roundup for the week of december 8th 2023 so thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are probably on it. If you're not sure exactly where to subscribe to, you can find all the different platforms we're on by checking out our homepage over at anchor.fm slash the dash NPCs dash podcast. All the different platforms that we have shown up on so far are listed there. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you all in the next one. Laters.